0: tiktok and twitter at ringer nfl it's the mismatch presented by fanduel the second half of the nba season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from fanduel america's number one sportsbook right now you can check out the new and improved parlay hub filtered by odds sport and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all on one page plus start betting on the explore page in the pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. It must be 21-plus and present select dates. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password, Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
1: Welcome to the Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me, as he does every Monday night from the ringer.com, is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Complit, Kevin O'Blizarian.
0: Kevin! Oh, no! How does it feel that Sharon Jackson Jr. is responsible for the USA not meddling? How dare you!
1: <laughs> How dare you start off this podcast like that? As far As I know, he didn't play in the Canada game. (laughs) So you couldn't blame him for the fourth place finish, not even getting bronze, a disgrace. They've already got LeBron James picking up the bat phone to rally the
0: Avengers. For Jeez, the Paris he, Olympics? He really can't keep himself out of the spotlight, can he? It's unbelievable. I mean, as as if Stephen Curry all year long has been saying, yeah, I'm going to play in the 2024 Olympics. But no, it's LeBron. <laughs> He's the one picking up the phone.
1: <laughs> Alright, so... Oh, boy. Look, the United States fell short in their quest to become world champions <laughs> in the World Cup. So they fell short and, in fact, even fell short of meddling. Um, a huge moment for Canada as they were able to get the bronze uh, medal by beating the United States, and we will get to them here in a moment. But you kind of chronicled this in an article that was put out by the ringer.com. Great, great website. Great website. Four thoughts on Team USA's collapse for the 2023 FIBA World Cup. And you kind of went through one by one. So let's just start with the United States and why we are talking about a failure of the basketball program in the World Cup for our fine country.
0: I mean, I think there's so many different ways people have been talking about this. Some people are saying it's a failure of AAU to develop hardcore defensive oriented players, uh selfless players. I don't I don't subscribe to that so much, Chris, as much as I just I look at the roster being what it was, I mean like clearly this wasn't the best that the USA could send. Uh Tom Haverstrow on his new Substack, the Finder, called it the USA E team. Not even the B team or the C team or the D team, but the E team, which Might be accurate, but I still think the E-team on paper is better than any of the other rosters that were out there with the competition this year, with the amount of NBA-level talent, which is why in my article on The Ringer, I kind of pointed the finger at managing director Grant Hill and head coach Steve Kerr for some of the choices that they made with the roster and some of the choices that they made with the rotation. I have a hard time pointing the finger at the players. You know, I I say to you about Jaron Jackson at the top of the pod, like him not rebounding and all that. But Jaron Jackson Jr. never should have been expected to be the five. That's not his role. And yet the only true center on that team was Walker Kessler. And then you got Paulo Bancaro playing the five, oftentimes off the bench. You got Bobby Portis, who is not nearly as good as a bunch of options that they could have targeted for Team USA, whether it was Mitchell Robinson or or Jared Allen, uh, like there's a long list of guys that you could go after that were better suited for FIBA basketball. And I, I think that comes down to some of Kerr's decision with the roster that he was given by Grant Hill and the decisions Grant Hill made with the roster itself, not targeting some of those guys that like Herb Jones, Jada McDaniels, Tari Easton, Emmanuel Quickly, Christian Brown, like there's a lot of American players who have that puffness and that versatility on defense and that selflessness that I think could have helped add variety to this roster that ha- ended up having too much overlap with the on-ball scoring.
1: I think there's a couple of things that I've noticed just from, because I really liked this team, especially at the beginning, and I enjoyed watching them. But as it went on and they, the competition got better, they were it was a great matchup to have Italy. And then their next three games, as the competition got greater, and I think this is a lesson also for Canada, who ended up with the bronze. And yet, if you're going to go player for player, they weren't in the final either, right? The final featured Germany and Serbia. And I think that when I was watching this, I walked away going, I know there's going to be a lot of people that trash the roster, that trash the strategy. You know, Steve Kerr dedicating to switching everything, and that these good teams and these teams that had full grown men on them, they just absolutely punished the United States for being a switching team. The Austin Reeves
0: post ups, uh, especially in multiple games. And
1: they would just like, there were games, like even if you watched that last game, where you would have, Say Schroeder at the top, and you'd have Mikael Bridges guarding him, and then they would screen off. And now Jaron Jackson Jr. is out there guarding him, and then they would screen off again until they got Austin Reeves, and then he put tire marks on him. And it's like they were just going to decide if you're going to switch everything, we're going to keep switching until we get a matchup. And even Mikael Bridges, outstanding defender, but he's not an outstanding defender when he's getting bully balled down by the rim. Right, He's a stick figure as compared to some of these guys. These were full-grown-ass men. And I think that's part of it. The other thing, and I know they say the E-team e or whatever. I think the most important part of that is team. That this is a team sport. And I know they're never going to get the three-year dedication from guys. that you're going to take these same group of guys that play together as a team. But the world stage and basketball all over has gotten so much better everywhere. And these teams have gotten so much better as teams. Now, yes, there are, they're missing some guys too, right? Greece doesn't have Giannis. Serbia doesn't have uh, Jokic and Latvia didn't have Porzingis, and there's other players that are, yeah, yes. But if you were going to line up and you were going to say, "All right, who has the two most talented teams?" If we accept the NBA is the best league in the world, therefore, the players that play in the NBA are the best players in the world as a group. The two teams that had the most NBA players were both teams that are basically thrown together. And said to go win. And so talent doesn't trump. And I don't think that people remember. It was no cakewalk the last Olympics. It took everything they had. They were tested over and over again. And the other thing is, like, the World Cup, you had in your article that they've won, I think it was, what, two of six times? With FIBA, and then five of six with the Olympics over the same time span. Right, the World Cup. So we care deeply when we lose it, right? All of a sudden it becomes a thing and it need, we need to change this and we need to think about the strategy. We need to think about the roster or whatever else. I mean, it's just this lesson of if you are going to have a system where you're just trying to throw together a collection of guys and then say, hey. We're gonna go practice, we're gonna have a training camp, then we're gonna play a couple of exhibitions, then you're gonna go have to play against these teams that know each other, play against each other. And in many cases, yet yeah, there might be one or two guys that they're putting into their team, right? In the sense of if Porzingis shows up, then he'll go and play for Latvia. But they're they're getting him involved in that. Or When Jokic shows up and he plays or Giannis shows up and he plays. But the rest of that team is that team. And they've been playing together for a long time in many cases and know each other. But the teams that have a lot of talent that are just kind of thrown together, they're the ones that fell short. And these are well-coached teams. It is a different game than the NBA game for certain. All you have to do is watch it. and. I think that if you just throw it together and say, hey, go out there and win, you better have Steph Curry, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. Because if you have anything less than that, like that's where talent could overwhelm. But if you're taking your second and third tier stars, you're not going to be able to overwhelm these teams with talent. Canada couldn't do it, and the United States couldn't do it.
0: I still think they should have won. USA, sure. that is. They are the most talented. Yeah, they still were. I still think they had enough to do it, um, which is why I focused on what I did with the article. But to your point, Chris, you are right about the chemistry aspect and how some of these teams have spent years playing together and developing that. And that gives you an itch. Um, but some of it also is like it's just straight up uh, like Germany wins it all. Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner. Daniel Tice, Dennis Schroeder, like these are all NBA names as well. And they got a lot of good individual performances and collective team performance as well. Serbia, they don't have Jokic and they still go all the way to the final. Granted, they finish with silver. For the USA, even if they do have LeBron and KD and Steph and Devin Booker and Tatum and Butler and AD and BAM next year, yeah, they're the favorite. But if Serbia is adding Jokic, and some of these other teams are fully loaded, there's still no guarantee that the USA win because of that chemistry aspect you're talking about where the overwhelming amount of talent may not outweigh the teamwork aspect and the chemistry aspect that those other, other countries will have in their favor. And Kev,
1: the other thing is there's a pecking order that comes along with teams that only develops in time. You saw yes. when, when, when it came down to it, the United States just devolved into Anthony Edwards go one on one and do whatever, yeah. and mm-hmm. he made it. He, he you know he took he had the he had the one where he went to the basket. He had the step back three, and then he had one of the worst shots you'd ever want to take in what was a super tight game. And then he thought Jaron Jackson was cutting, and he just threw the ball out of bounds. And it's like the ball's not even the enta- it's like Halliburton's just standing over there in the corner. It's like he's not even part of the play. Like they're not; they don't even use a point guard. Like Jalen Brunson ain't running it. It looked like you just rolled out the ball, and now we're playing hero ball, and maybe one pass if you're lucky. But no, it all broke down. They they weren't even having the ball in the point guard's hands. It was you're gonna live and die with Anthony Edwards, just being like the Kobe role, and. When it mattered most, they didn't play as a team on offense or on defense. And I think that that is, that's where you just don't have reps. You see this with NBA teams too. You know, it it takes a while to figure out, okay, what are we going to down the stretch? Like, you know, that is why some of these teams that have been together so long, they know what they're going to in Milwaukee. They know what they're going to in Denver. There's no mystery. We're running that Murray Jokic pick and roll and we're playing off that and you can figure it out. And there's a lot of teams that know exactly what they're gonna do. The United States had no idea what when it came time that they needed stops and they needed buckets, it was just one on one basketball. And I guess you could just say, well, if it's gonna devolve into that, you just need that player needs to be Steph Curry. Then maybe it'll deliver, but I think it's, I think it's tough. It's obviously a disappointment. It's a disappointment for sure. Um, you mentioned Germany. I said, what, two episodes uh, before the actual tournament even started, because this got picked up by some Toronto people that were tweeting me about it. They had uh, extracted that clip where I said, if you, as I had watched like the exhibitions, I said, if you turn on uh, some random game, you would think Dennis Schroeder is one of the best 30 players in the NBA. (laughs) Like the guy was amazing in this deal. Absolutely amazing. And that German team was very, very good. Super impressive. The Serbian team, which is the one that knocked off Canada, very impressive themselves. But let's touch on, before we move on, let let me touch on Canada real quick because I do have to mention the Dylan Brooks thing.
0: <laughs> Dylan Brooks shot 60% from three in the tournament, seven for eight in the final, and then the third place game. As someone
1: who has known Dylan since he came into the league, is rooted for Dylan throughout this entire time. I wish that Dylan would have showed up against the Warriors when Steve Kerr decided not to guard him. I wish it would have showed up against the Lakers last year when they decided not to guard him. I don't know where it was, but he has said that he loves the support that he gets from his Canadian brethren. And then after yesterday, he said that there is a contraption that he has used, which is uh, you know, basically it measures the arc of your shot. Oh, he shot. did say
0: that. Really? Interesting. Because oh, yeah. in my article, I I mentioned... Dylan Brooks and I was like it doesn't look like his shooting mechanics have changed but maybe there's it's the some arc. type of difference so oh and he found an arc that he liked uh, interesting so, so there is something different I, I was I was watching video back and forth of his hands of his footwork and his gather and everything like that I didn't I the the arc I should have just yeah. watched the press conference I can't I remember the answer. name of the
1: contraption um but there, it's basically like if you've ever been, they have them here. I think they, they have them out where you live, too. There's these chains called Shoot 360. It's a great place. Anybody that has it in their market, it's fantastic. But Very it's, interesting. It, you go into these gyms, and they've got the nets that come out all the way around the rim. And when you shoot it, every shot you take is tracked. And it's yep. telling you, it's almost like, it's like on 2 like when you're Noah trying to get green.
0: Noah basketball? That, That's that bell, that Noah, Okay, yeah. That's it.
1: And teams all because,
0: have Because c- with Dylan Brooks, it, it's not like he doesn't have touch. He's an 80% guy from the free throw line in his career. Right, so I think anytime you have a guy who's around eighty percent from the free throw line, but they struggle from three, it's like, well, what's what's the disconnect? Why why isn't it working from behind the arc? So maybe with Dylan Brooks, it it could be tiny sample here, and then he goes back to you know Earth come regular season with the Rockets. But if he does make improvements, if this is for real, that he at least shoots. 37, 38% from three, not even 40 plus percent, but 37, 38% or even 35, 36, that changes how you perceive Dylan Brooks as a player because he'll be at least good enough that you can't sag off of him and treat him like he can't shoot at all. You can't treat him like Ben Simmons. You can't treat him like that, like Andre Robertson. And if he's the same good defender that he's been for years now and he's shooting, that changes who you view him as as, view him as as a player. And perhaps we got a tweet sent to us the other day. <laughs> Someone said in their best Bill Simmons voice, are we sure Marcus Smart is an upgrade from Dylan Brooks? Oh, for
1: God's <laughs> sakes.
0: Look, <laughs> let me say
1: this. The <laughs> FIBA 3 is a long two in the NBA. <laughs>
0: and if there's a shot that
1: Dylan Brooks knows, it's a long two. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I will say is that Oh, it would
0: be so funny if Dylan Brooks is better than Marcus Smart. Zero <laughs> percent chance. It would be hilarious if it did happen.
1: No, it would not be hilarious.
0: It would be very funny. Um,
1: <laughs> let me say this. He's also had months where he has just absolutely yes. shot the cover off he the has. wall. He oh, is a sure. very streaky guy. Yep.
0: Very he, even even last season he I was looking at his numbers yesterday when I was writing the article he had like a stretch where he was like six straight weeks where he's like forty percent from three. When it runs hot, it, it runs happens. hot. Yes. yes, yep. Which and is why he it's like tiny sample here. Let's see how he sustains it until April.
1: That's right. Um, Gildas Alexander was fantastic for Canada as well. Yep. We talked about how he was great last season. We spent a lot of time on him last episode. Let's move to Germany. Because there you are.
0: There top you 20. are. Top twenty. um oh, Franz Wagner. God. Here top you are 20. showing up with your Franz Wagner. <laughs> oh, Franz
1: Wagner did something good. Okay, now I can go tweet out. And top I can write 20, an article baby. saying, Hey, I told Chris <laughs> Vernon that he was gonna be a top twenty guy.
0: Hey, I I never said in the article. God. I never said that you didn't say he wouldn't be, just that I said it to you. Okay. <laughs> Look, and and the craziest thing
1: is that while I was effusive in my praise about Franz Wagner, he is the only player in NBA history that saying, I don't think he's a top 20 or going to be a top 20 NBA <laughs> player is an insult. There's literally 450 friggin' guys in the league. And if you say, hey, I don't know if he'll ever get to the top 20, it's like, what the hell? All right, look, it's just off the top of my head. I'm not even going to mention, I'm not even going to mention, like, all right, you got all the All-Stars, all the NBA guys, right? Like all the, the Currys and the Butlers and the Jokic and the Giannis and the, all of them, right? I'm just going to take guys that are in their first five years, okay? And you tell me, let's go ahead, foot to the fire. <laughs> Next five years you want. You want Scotty Barnes or Franz Wagner? Wagner. Okay? You want Evan Mobley or Franz Wagner? Wagner. You want Cade
0: Cunningham or Franz Wagner? I'll take Cade just because gave him the benefit of the doubt with the injury last year. You want Tyrese Halliburton or Franz Wagner? Halliburton.
1: You want Paulo Bancaro, his teammate, or Franz Wagner? Franz Wagner. You do not believe that.
0: I do. I do, because, and here's why, oh, wow. with Bancaro, this is, this is getting... Bancaro is so far behind Wagner on the defensive end <sighs> and as a shooter. With Wagner, everything we just said in the context of another player with the shooting ability, I have a lot of belief in Wagner's shooting. He's an 85% shooter from the free throw line. He's been a knockdown guy for years now going back to college. I have a strong level of belief that he's eventually, maybe even this coming season, going to become a knockdown guy from three. Bancaro was one of the league's most least efficient shooters from not just three, but from mid-range. He was with a Bencaro, rookie shooting the most. I know, I know, I know. I, I, but I'm leaning towards Wagner over wow. okay. yep,
1: That's ridiculous.
0: LaMelo Ball
1: or Franz Wagner?
0: I'll go with Wagner.
1: Oh, wow! Mikel Bridges or Franz Wagner? Bridges. Jalen Green or Franz Wagner? Let's go with Wagner. Jabari Smith or Franz Wagner? Wagner. Victor Wimbayama or Franz Wagner? <laughs> Victor Wimbayama. Are you sure? I'm definitely sure. We're trying sure to about get him in the one. top 20 here.
0: I'm definitely sure about that okay. one. Okay. Anthony Edwards or Franz Wagner? Do Edwards.
1: it. Do it. Now, Edwards. come on.
0: Edwards. Sissy. Sissy. I'm giving, I'm giving honest answers.
1: How am I being a sissy? Ja Moran or Franz Wagner? (laughs) Do it. I dare you. Do it. One guy's had 50 in a playoff game. Do it. Ja. Oh, you wiener. Scoot Henderson or Franz Wagner? Oh, Wagner. The Thompson Twins or Franz Wagner?
0: Um, I'll go, I'll go with Wagner. Your beloved
1: Brandon Miller or Franz Wagner.
0: This is tough with the rookies. Cause like right. we're comparing So uh, let's go with, let's go with Wagner over any of the rookies besides Wemby. Wow, It's going to be consistent there. The
1: only ones you said you would take over Franz Wagner were Cade Cunningham, Tyrese Halliburton, Mikel
0: Bridges, and Victor Wimbayama. Listen, I just think Wagner He's six foot ten. I believe he's going to become a knockdown shooter. Oh, I take that back. You also said Edwards and Morant. You would take. Okay, he's six ten. He can pass. I believe he can become a knockdown shooter. He's a solid rebounder. He can be used in different roles on offense. You can use him as a guy who runs pick and roll. You can use him as someone who iso's. He can post up. He can be used as a screener. He can pass out of the short roll. He can finish at the basket. He's versatile defensively. I just listed basically everything for a guy who's six foot 10. So I think with Wagner right now, at this point of his career, why I've been so high on him for some time now, he's 22 years old. He just turned 22. I think come four or five years from now in the prime of his career, he's going to be one of the better do it all players in the league a top 20 guy, and some of those other players you can look at and you can have concerns about Amen ah, and Asar ah, with the jumper. I don't know what level they're going to be. I just don't. You know, I, I think with a lot of those guys, there's clear question marks. And maybe it turns out Franz Wagner is more like a a jack of all trades, a master of none, but at 21 years old, he's averaging 19 points per game with a magic team that is still on the up and up. I believe Wagner is going to become an all-star caliber player, a multi time all-star caliber player. And I feel really strongly about it.
1: There's a lot of players I left out. You probably did. Yeah. Jo-
0: Josh Giddy? I took Giddy ahead of Wagner uh in a redraft that Kyle Mann and I did in like January or something like that. I'd take Wagner ahead of Giddy right now. And the reason why, again, is because with Giddy, that was in the middle of him having like this crazy hot streak from three. Because because of his revised mechanics, he slipped Towards the end of the season, and he didn't shoot the ball well in FIBA either. I'll always be
1: convinced the Grizzlies—the year that they traded with the Pelicans, the Jonas Valanciunas trade—they mm-hmm. traded and got that pick, and I—I'm convinced that that's what they wanted. They there was like buzz out there about Giddy and Wagner, and I think when they made the deal, they thought one of those two is going to be there.
0: I think and you're then right. Giddy
1: went and then Franz went and then they you know, they took Tiger Williams. Uh, and, with that. And Williams pick. he's okay. But, uh-huh. I, mean, I mean he's yeah, okay. Yeah, we well, I mean we don't Williams. know. Him yet. Yeah. Right. He he was injury plagued all of last year. Showed some flashes his rookie year, but obviously those two are just spectacular players mm-hmm. for sure. And that yep. was a big surprise on draft night when Giddy went where he did. You remember there was a lot of buzz about Memphis Liking and Giddy as well. And yeah. then maybe that's why they got to 10. I think they thought they were going to get one of those two.
0: L- looking back at my my mock draft, just out of curiosity, who I had on the morning of the drafts going to Memphis. I had Giddy to Memphis at yeah. number 10 in my mock. There was a lot, I mean, there was a lot of buzz about it. Dude, I had Wagner to the Warriors at 7. Bam. Jeez, like so can you imagine if Golden State drafted Wagner? I mean, like I obviously I'm much higher on Wagner than you are, but and for not, who Va- <laughs> but 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 but, 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 but I mean, for who Wagner? Him, you just took him over like literally every great player that you've loved over the last 5 years. But you, but for who but for who Wagner is? Can you imagine if the Warriors took him? I'm Steve, Steve Kerr must have just been furious uh, watching uh, him.
1: I I mean I'm just more loyal than you. I mean, the the way you had have- Ditch Lamelo Ball and Paolo Banchero. I don't
0: think that's. I don't think that's ditching. Yeah, you, you I, that. I liked Wagner in the draft. I had him ranked tenth. No, yep. too low. You're I all in. Low.
1: You're all in. I love it. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm hey, a believer
0: in front. And I'm gonna say this. Time.
1: I'm gonna say this. You really are all in because I just listed off a ton of young guys. Mm-hmm. Put your feet to the fire, and I say, fine. If you want to tell me he's going to be in the top twenty players, then you're gonna have to surpass a lot of these guys. And you think he is. You think you'd rather have him than Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes and Paolo Bancaro and I think that's nuts. Yeah,
0: out, I mean we'll I mean, I just with Mobley, I'd with Scotty Barnes, he just had a really down sophomore year. And with Evan Mobley, I'd I'd love to see him actually do something from the perimeter as a score. I'd love to see it.
1: Well, that's for certain. Sure. Um he certainly he is going to have to fix that uh going forward. So World Cup's over. Congratulations to Germany. Now LeBron said he picked up the bat phone and of well, Curry and Booker and AD and everybody to go get basketball back <laughs> after, after having <laughs> like, how about they just like if they care, then play. But I wish there was some kind of way for the United States to have a team to get a commitment out of guys that, like, hey. We're going to do this, and we're going to, like other countries have a team, we're going to have a team as well. Yes, there might be a guy here and there that doesn't play, like Giannis didn't play this time, like Jokic didn't play this time. But by and large, a lot of the guys that are going to be a part of the team are going to be play as a team. And we're going to like build something and get used to playing with each other as a team. Uh, that was the Colangelo model. You remember, he mm-hmm. wanted them to do the three-year commitment and to be a part of it. And I do think that there's a lot of wisdom in that. When you see, I don't think that basketball is now at a stage where you can just throw it together. And I'll be honest, I don't know if they'll win the Olympics even if they throw together all their best. Seriously, I mean, you got that. You got that team. Ed and Jokic. You got some of these other teams adding their guys. like. Or if Jovic,
0: this- Jovic was very impressive, shot over 40% from three. He had 21 assists to eight turnovers. If he's another year older and gets much better this coming season with the Heat, or if he gets traded to the Blazers eventually, and then you got Jokic and Jovic and all their other young talent. And veteran talent combined, uh, like Serbia could be, like Jokic could be the spoiler for Team USA. Like a Canada, lot of it's going to happen. Canada's going to add their guys. They'll add, you know, who knows? Wiggins might play. Murray yes. might play. Like, and, and I think for USA, one of the big things will come down to, does Joel Embiid choose to play for Team USA or Team France? They need it. Because France, France with Wemby and all of their talents as well, they could have a formidable front line that, no other team has an answer for so what does Embiid choose to do that could end up being a deciding factor here and and who ends up winning gold at the Olympics in Paris
1: you could tell him he could play 40 minutes for us
0: dude yeah <laughs> he really could he could <laughs> he, unless unless Kerr views Bam Adebayo as the best center for that roster or oh he'll Davis. have
1: Draymond too and
0: I that's that's so what I have I'm saying. Draymond and AD. But, and but like like if you're Joel Embiid, I think your chances of getting heavy minutes are higher with France and the Olympics are in Paris. Mm-hmm. Your chances are getting of getting heavier minutes are higher with France than they are with the US, considering the curve factor and the wealth of bigs that they will have anyway. That's fair. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password, Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
1: All right. Let's get to this trip to Vegas. Speaking of up-and-coming stars, you went out there. First, the trip to Vegas. I saw some of your pictures. Flying down the road in a Tesla, not even touching (laughs) the steering wheel.
0: I was using a full self-driving for like 85% of the ride. I
1: thought it was sweet. You said it was very, very special trip because you were able to take your mom out there and she had not been to Vegas in
0: many, many years. Yep, she she hadn't been since 1989 as part of her honeymoon with my dad. They they wow. at the time determined they wanted to have like a smaller wedding and a longer honeymoon. So they took like a long honeymoon after getting married. Part of their trip, they went through Vegas, stayed at Caesar's Palace. Um, so like it was cool for my mom to kind of walk through there and retrace some of her steps and go to some other places on on the uh, the drive there. Because originally, I was just gonna go. Um, like as a work trip. And it was a work trip. I interviewed four players, um, four of the potential top 10 picks. So it was work going to games and interviewing players. But having my mom there, like we, it was a great road trip. It was, it was awesome driving to Vegas. It was a lot of fun. Um, And uh, it was cool for my mom to see how much Vegas has changed since 1989. They like none of the big casinos were there then. Seeing wow. the sphere, the new sphere. Oh in, in person, yeah. I mean like that thing is, huge like you see photos of it and videos of it and it looks big but then you see it in person they have an area on the side of the road that you can pull over to take photos which is a good thing because otherwise i think there'd be like a lot of accidents of people just <laughs> taking photos without using full self-driving <laughs> while driving Let me tell you, what's it's crazy a- i played that
1: when i was playing that wind golf course it's in the background of one of yeah. the holes
0: Dude, it's so big! Isn't oh, it? it's
1: so cool! And yeah. you know, the guy told me one of the caddies there was telling me all kinds of stories about it. And I guess the first big event was going to be U two playing the Octong Baby mm-hmm. album, like front to back or whatever. Has yeah. that already happened? Have they already opened no, it's the thing?
0: September twenty ninth. I'm going to one of those shows. I got. Are you go. really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like a, the hugest. You know, U two fan. I like U two. Um, but I gotta go. Like I'm too much of like, it's my nickname you've called me for years. Oh, concert. So I have to stick to have it. Have you looked it up? How much are tickets? It varies. Like every show is different. Some are what super can you get expensive. In for? Uh, I mean, I think like back, back section, like yeah. in the hundreds, what that depending on hold? the timing, you know, I think it's like 18,000. I wonder what it's like inside. Big. I haven't.
1: I haven't looked I at the inside, 18, 000, the inside thing. Eighteen thousand,
0: eighteen thousand six hundred is the capacity of that venue. Wow. Yeah, it looks. It looks unbelievable. You're so gonna I'm go and excited. do it. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm excited. Yeah, I got to do it. I it just feels like I've. I've loved so many concerts. Some of my. Some of the concerts I've went to, that I've had the best time. I've gone alone. When I saw Taylor Swift earlier this year at SoFi. Um years ago at Fenway Park, I saw Lady Gaga and Lady Gaga was like the Fenway show was great, but also she played across the street afterwards. At Wait, what are you talking about? Blues. You go alone. I, I don't know. Like I had nobody that wanted to go see Lady Gaga, nobody that wanted to go see Taylor Swift, and I hadn't asked anybody if they want to go to U two. So I, I, it's like some of my favorite concerts that I've been to have just gone solo. So with U two I just look forward to, to going alone and Vibing out and having a great night in this cool state-of-the-art concert that has never played a show before, and it's the first time for it. Do I'm you excited. talk to
1: the people next to you? Uh,
0: for Lady Gaga, I did. Um, I got a girl's number at Lady Gaga, I've never panned out into anything. Um, <laughs> I don't think she really had much interest. And then at, at Taylor Swift, this is good actually. Um, I sat. I was in a row full of, I was the only guy in the row. It was all like moms and teeny boffers, right? The entire row. I was the only guy. I was like smack in the middle of the row. I was the only guy. The person next to me wants to (laughs) hook me up on a date with her daughter who wasn't there. But, and it hasn't happened yet, but maybe it will. So, (laughs) because she just started talking to me.
1: What is going on?
0: (laughs) (laughs) She liked me, and she's like, I think you'd get along with my daughter, and it hasn't happened yet. Um, I, I, I mean, I've always called you
1: Kevin O'Concert, but I never knew that you go to these shows by yourself.
0: Yeah, sometimes, I don't go to many shows by myself, but I go. I, I think my biggest concert regrets are not going to concerts alone. I didn't see Tame Impala back in like 2011, 2012. I didn't see Frank Ocean. I didn't even see Lady Gaga. I didn't even care about Lady Gaga like back in oh eight oh nine. But I could have seen her in a small venue as she was on the up and up. But I didn't want to go alone.
1: I've been to shows. I've been to shows, but like by myself. But usually, I'll know people there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'll know that some people I know are going to be there. Um, man, that's been a long time since I've done that. A long time. It's I got nice, it. man. You want to hear it's, an amazing story? Please. The last time I can remember doing that, going to a show where I was like, I'm just going to go uh, because my buddy, my buddy was a, a singer, a singer songwriter out of Memphis. He's fantastic. He's a guy named Corey Brandon. He's great. And so Corey was going to be playing at this local place called the high tone. So I'm like, all right, I saw Corey's in town. He had been touring around the country. I'm like, Corey's in town. I'm gonna go over there. I'll see him show my face. He'll see that I'm there. And I always know people at his shows, so I'll know some people. Well, I looked around there were uh and I talked to some people that I knew here and there, but then this guy came on the stage before him, and he starts playing. And it's just it's just this kid, and he's got a guitar, and he sits down and he starts playing, and Kevin, when I tell you, I was absolutely stopped in my tracks. I was like, what the hell? Who is this? So long story short, Corey's there. I'm like, Corey, who is this kid? (laughs) And he's like, I was, he's like, I was touring around. And he's like, and I met him. I did a show in West Virginia and I met him. And he was like on the same Car, whatever. And he's just kind of getting into it. And I told him there, if I ever have a show where, like, you could open for me, I was like, I'll split, I'll give you some of the door, whatever. And he's like, So, anyways, I called the kid last night and he got in his car, threw his guitar in the trunk and drove from West Virginia. This is like a Wednesday night in Memphis. Drove there. To open for me tonight. And Drill, I'm like, like. Through the night. And I told, I told Corey, I said, Corey, that kid is unbelievable. The kid's in the back. He's selling his CDs. He's just got like, all he has is like, basically like his demo CD. Okay. And he's like selling them in the back, whatever. Um, So I end up just standing back there talking to him like, hey, man, I thought you were great. Whatever. I bought a CD. Whatever. Didn't think all that much about it. Listened to the CD. Loved it. But that's about it. Bro, it was Tyler Childers. Really? Yes. Wow. Crazy. That guy who is, is selling who, who is out that? I've never, arena. <laughs> I've never heard of him. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah he sells out arenas (laughs) i've never heard of him to be honest you've got to be kidding me (laughs) i haven't (laughs) tyler Childers legitimately sells out Uh, arenas uh,
0: now i'll give him a listen
1: oh enormous enormous you heard of zach bryan
0: right (laughs) yeah i know him he's the chubby guy right What the
1: chubby guy? Uh,
0: I I think you're thinking of Luke Combs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much country. Oh my god, ridiculous! No, no, Zach Bryan's not the guy.
1: Good grief. (laughs) Uh, uh, You belong at concerts by yourself. (laughs) Unbelievable.
0: I'll give these guys a listen. Uh, what's wrong with introducing me to new music? Holy mackerel. Tyler right. Childers. I got I just google his name. I'll put him into Spotify after Holy after mackerel. the podcast. I'll give him All a right. listen during some Monday night football tonight. You should do it. All right. And by the way, well, speaking about football, Chris, you're Dallas Cowboys 40 oh nothing. God. You must be a happy boy
1: today. Come on, bro. Doomsday defense. Stick season. No big whoop. I mean, Daniel Jones almost like he's never going to want to play football again. Is he? He's never going to want to play football. Guy was running for his life. It was great, beautiful. Season begins. They're up sixteen nothing before I could take a piss.
0: You know. You know what I want to do? I want in Vegas. I want to be there for a Sunday at the at one of the sports books because I kind of walked through on Saturday during college football. It is a great vibe. It looks awesome. like people are going nuts over every single play that happens. It's just a great thing. I want like so for the um, let's say the Grizzlies are in the in-season tournament and they're going to have a December. There. Yes. So you will be there. And I think the games are what Thursday, Saturday or right.
1: I've only been to Vegas in the summer. I've never yes. been so
0: Thursday, Saturday. I think it's worth staying until Sunday night. 100%. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease too. Visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're
0: trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away?
1: Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, let's get to games. You did go to Vegas for games. We got off track. Who did you see? Who are these four prospects that I need to know about?
0: So the G League Ignite faced the Perth Wildcats from the NBL, the Australian Basketball okay. League, um, who we've been familiar with for years. On the Perth side of things is Alex Saar. He's a 6'11", foot kind of wing in a big man's body. And Saar, I felt like, was the best prospect there out of anybody that I saw. Unbelievable defensively. He had these two plays that come to mind where he blocked Modest Buzelis, a potential top number one pick on the G League side, twice in the same possession. And then he had a play against Ron Holland, another potential number one pick who's a six, six guard, explosive player. And he, and Sar just stuck by him stride for stride as he brought the ball up the floor and just completely enveloped him and then blocked his shot. Sar was amazing defensively. He was active offensively. His shot looked better than it ever has, and he made smart passes. He finished at the rim. He looked like a complete player, and also, he's French. Another <laughs> another French prospect who could be great on defense. We'll see how his offense develops. I interviewed him on Saturday morning. We talked for about 30, 35 minutes. I was impressed by him. He's a smart kid. He loves basketball. He's not just tall, playing the sport. Um, a lot to like with Saar, and also, Friday night, and I'll put this in my article later this week, as I was leaving my dinner that I had on Friday night after the game, I went alone because my plan's kind of, you know, foiled. So I went to Momofuku alone, got a seat at the bar, had a delicious dinner. As I'm walking out, I see an NBA GM and who I'm friendly with, and I say hi to him. Like, were you here both games? What did you think? And this GM says to me, he's like, I think Alex Saar is the number one pick in the draft. Whoa. Uh, Uh, I noticed Mark Spears had an article today as well. He was there for both games and he quoted multiple NBA executives who were there in attendance. And some of them also said they think Saar is number one, which is interesting because Saar outplayed all of the G League guys, most notably Madis Buzelis, who's a 6'10", kind of Playmaking wing type of player, skinny at six foot 10 and Ron Hong on six foot six, explosive downhill uh, wing. He had a big second game. He was good defensively. Uh, his shot looked good in the second game, but he's been shaky going back to high school. Buzelis, I think Buzelis was used in the incorrect role. I hope that's something that their coach corrects during the season. He needs to be running point not London Johnson, who's a a second year player with the Ignite. I don't think London Johnson is very good at all. Uh, No disrespect. He shouldn't be running point for that team. It should be Modest Buzelis. And also, Etan Almanza, a Spanish center, came off the bench for them. I think he should be starting for that team. I had him fifth on my board entering this week. Uh, I'll keep him around that range right now. But Almanza, Buzelis Holland on the G League side were the three main prospects that people need to know right now in the middle of September. And then Alex Saar on the Perth side. Those are the names to know. There will be others that we talk about over the course of the season, Um, but those are the the big four to keep in mind right now.
1: Yeah, I was excited. One of the things that I looked at last week, so the Memphis Hustle, the G League team that's here, put out their schedule and Last year, I was able to go down there and I saw a Scoot, right? Saw yep. a Scoot, saw the kid that's going
0: to the Spurs. What's his name? Yeah, you got City Sissoko. Yeah, that and you like. Spurs, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then Leonard Miller as well going to the Timberwolves.
1: That's right. They had some players. Uh, again this year, it's like February, the very beginning of February. The G League Ignite are going to come for two days in a row. Yep. So I'm excited. I'll, uh, you know, that I'll get to see. That is the one great thing about like. Those guys playing in the G League, it's like I probably wouldn't get to go to a college game of these guys in person. But if they're on the same team, I can head down to a G League game and get to see them play a game in person.
0: No doubt, like, and I think because these players, like, I interviewed the three other G League guys I mentioned Almansa, Holland, and Buzelas as well. All three of them are selfless. Like they talk about how they want the Ignite to be better than they've ever been before. They want to be a competitive team and actually. Be like a noteworthy opponent on the schedule. So it's very possible you see an Ignite team that hopefully is competitive and can start putting seats in that crowd because it's empty there, man. Like it's. Yeah, I know. The the, the crowd was, the crowd is more, granted, it's exhibitions. The crowd is more scouts and media than fans.
1: For sure. Hey, who's coaching them? Who's coaching that Ignite team? Hart. It's his last name. Oh, Jason Hart? uh,
0: Jason Hart, yes.
1: Yeah, Syracuse, right? I think he played at Syracuse. He
0: played at day. Syracuse, yes, and then he was yeah. picked by the Bucks. Played with the Spurs, Bobcats, Kings, Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Hornets. So he went around in the NBA. Yeah,
1: and he's a. I
0: think he's it. got he's got some correcting to do with the lineups. So I, I I think, Buzelis needs to be needs to have the ball in his hands more often. I felt like he was invisible in the corner too often. They didn't run a lot of plays for him. I'm not like overreacting to Buzelis's performance this past week because he was good with what he was asked to do. He just wasn't asked to do as much as I think he can. Gotcha.
1: Uh, hey, at least he was playing, which is also the theme for last year's regular season uh, when we were talking about guys not playing, and now there is this story that came out today that um, Adrian Wojnarowski put out that there is an NBA plan to further curb the resting of star players, uh, that the NBA is expected to pass a more stringent rules and punishment to limit the resting of star players for nationally televised and in-season tournament games and instances of multiple all-stars sitting out individual regular season games. You and I bemoaned this all last year. We we talked so many times about how we had planned on recording after some big game only to find out (laughs) that guys weren't playing.
0: It happened so much, Chris, to us. It happened. It was terrible. Multiple times a month.
1: It was terrible. And so here's what I'll say. I think much like the 65 game thing, this is more what they say, a a, a chance to curb things so hopefully it doesn't even get to punishment stage. Mm Um, and I think that once you aren't just allowed to say, so it used to be that you would come up with some cockamamie injury as to why a guy wasn't playing. You would just say sore quad or whatever. (laughs) It got to the point where they were literally saying out for rest. Yep. They're resting. So they're not playing. Number one, you won't see that happening. where teams are (laughs) saying out for rest. Um, They'll just come up with some kind of reason as to why the guy can't play. Um, And so this is going to get I think it's more about like having them curb this rather than trying to actually figure out how to punish teams for doing this. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's kind of like the whole uh, defouling thing where it's like trying to get guys up in the air or like shooting right around a screen or whatever, right? Once they say they're going to do something, then guys just kind of stop doing it. And so I think that's what'll probably happen here is their hope that at least it will minimize it a lot and i also think you're probably having what they're not saying is there's probably like these real conversations that are happening with adam with the players association that are saying look you're seeing everything that is happening with our regional sports channels you are seeing everything that is happening with sunday ticket and the nfl and with uh spectrum and espn and with, like, if you were in where I live, if you had DirecTV, you don't have Channel 3, like, literally, like, what, 60 Minutes and the NFL and whatever would be on. And if you don't, and if you've got Xfinity, you don't have uh Fox right now. And so, like, all of these, you're seeing, this is all, it, it's happening everywhere, all over the country. You've got all these huge fights that are taking place. In the middle of that, they're going, look, we're gonna to try to get big deals everywhere. We're gonna try, we've got to figure out what we're gonna do for locally, but we're also going to do our local deals and we're going to do our huge national deal. And we've got YouTube and we got Apple, we got Amazon, and we got the cable companies, and we got DirecTV. We're like, we've got an opportunity to really make a lot. But we're gonna F it up if our guys aren't playing in the games. Like we're trying to sell this. And we're about to have to go to a table with everybody to try to get a new deal. So I think that's probably made clear at this point. It's like, hey, this became a real problem last year. This cannot be a problem going forward, especially with national television games, because we are trying to sell this entity. And honestly, nobody wants to buy the 76ers without Joel Embiid. And without James Harden and and nobody wants to buy the Lakers without LeBron James and nobody wants to buy, you know, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson not playing for the Warriors because they're playing Orlando tonight and they've got a Tuesday game that they want to be rested up for against Denver, right? Like, so I think that you're just trying to put in, um, you're trying to put in as many restrictions. There will for sure be some phony injuries. That then get listed, and it's going to be fascinating to see how some of these players like like what do you do with Kawhi Leonard? <laughs> like you know, I guess I mean, is he really going to play a bunch of games?
0: Come on, uh, I, I wonder. I wonder if this also relates to the NBA kind of setting that minimum minutes threshold where it could count as a game towards the sixty five games with awards if you play twenty minutes. And mm. I think I th- I know like I, there are some people who say well that's BS it's not cool I think it's completely fair in term it's a it's a middle ground in terms of managing minutes if you're if you're like a Hornets fan and you love Kawhi Leonard and he comes to town once a year and you get to see Kawhi for twenty or twenty five minutes he plays a little bit in the first half a little bit in the in the third or fourth quarter to me I think that is a much, much a fairer result for fans where if I put myself in the shoes of a young Celtics fan going to games, I would have been satisfied if I got to see Kobe or Kevin Garnett or Tim Duncan play for 25 minutes when the alternative is they just don't play at all.
1: Yeah, but you think about it. What's crazy about this one, though, is you think about a lot of the big stars in the league, like the Currys, like the LeBrons, like the Durants, whatever they fit. So Woj did mention uh, that there's going to be a lot of different scenarios that they're going to outline pre-approved. For example, the NBA is going to allow pre-approved designated back-to-back allowances for players that are 35 or older mm-hmm. on opening night uh, or have a career workload of 34,000 regular season minutes or 1,000 <laughs> regular apply season to many. playoff
0: <laughs> minutes. Uh, it is a lot doesn't. Doesn't apply, apply to a ton of guys. Yeah.
1: I mean, probably not, but it applies to guys that are the guys that people would actually want to pay to see.
0: You are right, though, Chris, about how this definitely relates to the RSNs, the regional sure. sports networks, especially with, I mean, you do TV for one of them, mm-hmm. Valley Sports, with who we'll see what's going to happen with that. Like, wasn't there a story re- recently uh, that the NBA could potentially take over for? The uh, teams that are with Bally Sports, like the Grizzlies, Hornets, Cavs, uh, among among others, and I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But When you saw the Suns, they just took theirs off
1: completely, and they're producing it and putting it on TV locally.
0: Yeah, and Balmer, Balmer, I believe, he said something along those lines with the uh, Clippers a couple, a couple months back as It's just everything
1: well. is changing. I don't know what, what all of this is going to look like in the years to come. I really don't. I don't know because it's all, you know, it was much more, it was much simpler. And now it's just scattered out everywhere and you're trying to figure out like what I'm paying for when, you know, I just went through it with the Sunday ticket thing. Do I get it with the YouTube TV or do I not? Because I don't know which, you know, is my local Sports Channel's going to be on there, or do I do that through an app? Did or you I,
0: get it with YouTube TV? I got Sunday ticket. Yeah, I, I did the free trial this past week. Think I am going to keep it. it. I loved it. It was fantastic. I love how they give you the, the multiple options, for the sure. split screen and all it's that, great. and obviously you get, you get an uh, NFL Red Zone. I, I, rode my, I rode my Peloton for the duration of the, the early games. For like <laughs> three, three hours, I rode my bike watching NFL Red Zone. It's awesome. It's great. I think I'm gonna do that every single Sunday at this point. Just burn a ton of calories while watching football. Because I'm trying. The NBA
1: needs to do that four box thing. Oh, no kidding.
0: For league, no brainer. It's a no brainer for league pass. For sure. In the NBA, uh, what was crunch time? NBA crunch time last year. They did that a handful of times. Clearly, the league is experimenting with stuff like that because if the NBA or to take over the RSNs at some point, all the RSNs. Mm. That would give them the ability to do that. From what I understand, it's incredibly complicated with all the individual RSN contracts to have an NFL red zone, whereas with NFL red zone, it's CBS and Fox.
1: Right, right. And
0: every every game is on those two stations at 1 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Eastern. Well, the
1: NFL controls everything. Yes. And uh, I think there could be a time where the NBA just controls all of their broadcasts.
0: Which I think the NBA there definitely is a lot of people within the league office that want that because they want to con- they want quality control, they want a uniform product across all thirty or potentially soon thirty two teams. So we'll see what happens in the years to come, but it definitely seems like it's all gonna start with Valley sports Look, uh, that, I don't know kind
1: I, I don't know what kind of penalties are gonna incur uh with these things. Uh, I don't know if there's gonna be real teeth to this. Let me just say, I am absolutely in favor of anything that would encourage guys to play more often. Mm-hmm. I go to 45 games a year. I can't tell you how many times I'm there, and I'm like, I can't believe this guy's not playing tonight. Both home and away.
0: Just home bummer. and
1: away. It's like, it, you just just never knowing who's playing. It's, it, it just, last regular season was a debacle, and I'm glad it was so bad then it became an agent for change.
0: I agree. And and hopefully, hopefully this helps. But ultimately, what it could come down to at some point is the NBA. They're already installing the in-season tournament. They already installed the play-in tournament. Will the amount of games for the NBA regular season come under greater scrutiny if this doesn't, Solve the issue. Will they move? Will they move to fifty-eight games or something along those lines at It'll some point it. in the near future? This will solve it. I think this is going to help a lot. They just let, let it, look. It.
1: It's one of those things where you let them get away with it. They're going to do it. Mm-hmm. If you could just say, "Hey, we're going to sit this guy tonight," like, and nobody cares, <laughs> then they'll yeah. do it. But if all of a sudden you're thinking twice about it, and look, it could be hundreds of millions of dollars for some of these players. To not play 65. A lot of money, man. I mean, that's when you really know they're going to be playing. It's like, a lot of them do care about the legacy. They do care about being on all NBA teams. They do care about getting a super max. Like, all these things that... They do care about becoming the MVP of the league. It's it's those type of...
0: It's money and accolades, accolades from those types of things, but it's also potential money that could come from Amazon or Apple for saying, sure. oh, we want to pay you billions for this or that to for carry sure. your all your regular season games or carry all of the in-season tournament whatever it might be there's a lot of money on the line from a lot of different angles for the NBA so they do need to make this product as great as it can be over the course of the full regular season and not just the playoffs Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. Kevin, it's always a pleasure. I will
1: talk to you next week.
0: Have a great week. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EB. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prolog apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com prolog to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good.